Thank you, Debbie. Love that song, The Untitled Hymn by Chris Rice. Beautiful song. Eddie, Randy, thank you for your words earlier in the service. Uh, you know, it's been about a month now since I officially accepted the position of senior minister at Hartford Christian. And already in the last month, I've seen some interesting things, had some interesting conversations with people. One thing that kind of took me by surprise, though, this morning, I saw as I walked in, right out there next to where they pick up the bulletins and the prayer sheet, there was a box of tomatoes. And I thought, okay, this might be an interesting service if we're handing out tomatoes to the row right along with the bulletins. <laughs> so I want to thank Bob and Joy for uh, bringing the tomatoes and the other things from their garden this morning. So just give me a heads up, you know, so I can duck if you're going to be throwing tomatoes. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just been a great month. It's been a blessing. Really the last th- almost three years that we've been a part of this church family. We are in this series about learning to listen. And we're talking about how we can hear God through the different ways that God is speaking to us and then how we can hear him through his word is what we talked about last week. And today we're going to talk about hearing him through prayer. And I just want to ask you, how noisy is your life right now? What is your noise level? You ever think about that? How much noise you hear on a daily basis? Our world is loud. 30 million Americans are exposed to hazardous noise levels at work. A person in our personal lives, they, they coined this phrase, it's called secondhand noise. Basically, it's the noise that you experience that you didn't cause. So just all the traffic around you, the noise of other, of other people, neighbors, people that are doing construction, cars on the road, lots of other noise that you aren't the one producing it. Uh, having noise in our life can dramatically affect the quality of our life. High noise levels can cause hearing loss, high blood pressure, sleeplessness, and increased heart rate. I grew up in Louisville, as many of you know, as I've mentioned before, and when I moved away for the first time, it was in 2003, I took a, a position as a youth minister at a church in Hardin County, Kentucky, and it struck me how dark the nights were, how bright the stars were in the sky, and how quiet everything was in that little town of Glendale. And I just wasn't used to it because growing up all my life in Louisville, it never really gets dark because you've got kind of the haze of the city lights around you. It just, it really was a shock to me. But noise isn't just a problem in big cities. No, 75% of farm workers have some kind of hearing problem. We tend to try to trade noise for noise. And when we're saying noise, we don't just mean sound. We mean all the busyness and the activity that goes on in our life that creates noise for us. But think about it. How many times have you tried to drown something out by turning up the radio or putting in the earbuds or the headphones and listening to some music? How many of you have to have a fan running in your bedroom? Or you don't like to have silence in your house, so you leave the TV running even though nobody's watching it. Anybody do that? We often don't like silence. And we like to trade noise for noise. And where this affects us the most is in our prayer life. Because part of our prayer life needs to be having no distractions. We get distracted so easily. How many times have you gone to pray and then you've fallen asleep? Or you've gone to pray and your phone rang or your phone went off. 
And things all over are just pulling us in different directions. So today we're going to look at how we can set aside some of the noise that's in our lives and learn to hear God speak through prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you are constantly speaking to us. And God, as we just take a moment this morning to let the noise fade, to let our hearts and minds not only be focused, but be refreshed in you. May you speak to us. And may we be able to listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when we talk about prayer, prayer is one of those words that is kind of intimidating maybe. What does it really mean to pray? What do you think? Somebody tell me. What does it mean to pray? To talk to God. Excellent. And that's often the explanation we give, that it's simply talking to God. It can also be a little more than that. Let me ask you, is there a difference between talking and communicating? What do you think? Difference between talking and communicating. So when we talk about talking, part of the problem is when we pray, we are the ones that are doing all the talking. We rush into it. And we say amen before we even give God a chance to reply. This doesn't work in any other relationship. If you have a friendship where there's only one person talking, that's not going to last. If you have a marriage where one person does all the talking and the other person never gets to say a word, that's not going to last. If you have a business relationship where there's one person who is domineering and controlling all the conversation and never taking any ideas or input from anybody else, that's not going to last. It doesn't work in any other relationship in our lives. So why do we treat our relationship with God that way? It ruins marriages, friendships, business partnerships, every other thing. We need to listen, but it is hard to listen when you're doing all the talking. It's hard to listen when you're doing all the talking. And so the idea I want us to think about this morning is that of communication. Communication is a two-way street, it's been said. Communication involves actively listening. That means that you are focused. It doesn't mean you're just waiting to hear, waiting for them to stop so you can talk. There's a scripture we're going to look at this morning in Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to look at how God actually interrupted the lives of his disciples so that they could hear him speak. Matthew chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. This is the account of the transfiguration when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to the mountain and revealed his holiness and his godliness to them. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he led them up to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured. That means he changed. His appearance changed before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. 
Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. This is an awesome and miraculous thing that the disciples are witnessing. And Mark and Luke give us a little extra hint about what's going on here. They say that the disciples were terrified and that Peter didn't know what he was saying. Sometimes when we try to communicate with God, we think it's all about us doing something. We have to actively be speaking. We have to actively be going out and doing. Instead of appreciating the miracle that Peter was witnessing and receiving encouragement and strength from being one of the ones that God chose to reveal this to, he was trying to take charge. Maybe it was Peter's insecurity. Maybe he was trying to make a good impression. Maybe he felt like, it's my responsibility. I'm one of the chief apostles. I need to do something here. And herein lies the problem that we all face when it comes to our relationship with Jesus and specifically in our prayer life. It's not try harder, but rely more. Peter was one of the ones who was trying to do. He was always putting his foot in his mouth. He was always the one to be the first one to volunteer to say something. And sometimes it worked out really well, like when he confessed that Jesus was the Christ. But then right after that, he rebuked Jesus for saying, no, you'll never die. And Jesus had to in turn put him in his place. Peter was always trying to do. He was always trying to take the lead. He was always trying to be in charge. And Jesus had to interrupt him. Do we do that with our prayers? We look at our prayers as us telling God what we want and what our needs are. And we don't spend time listening to him. Look at how God chose to teach Peter this lesson. Pick up verse 5. While he was still speaking, while Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. While Peter was still speaking, God interrupted him and told him, no, you need to listen. Now, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified but jesus came he touched them get up he said don't be afraid and when they looked up they saw no one except jesus god had to interrupt peter in order to get him to listen to stop trying to do and to rely on him is god interrupting you this morning is God allowing something to happen in your life so that you can turn your attention back to him is God speaking to you through his word through his spirit through other people and trying to direct your life in a different way Peter wasn't really trying to listen he was trying to act and God interrupted him, and Jesus then in turn lifted him up. That's what we need. We need Christ to lift us up, not for us to hold ourselves up. God will interrupt us and speak to us today by his Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14 says, 
But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive and he will make known to you. Jesus speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit speaks to us through prayer, through reading the word, through our situations and our circumstances, through the encouragement of other believers. He is speaking to us. And just like Peter, James, and John back then, the answer isn't for us to do more, but to quietly humble ourselves and rely on Jesus to speak to us. This is why when we talk about communicating with the Lord, silence and stillness have a powerful impact on our prayer life. Silence and stillness have a powerful effect on our prayer life. Familiar scripture you might have heard before from Psalm chapter 46, verses 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. You might be familiar with that text, but I bet there's a part of it you've never really considered. It's that very last word. Selah. What does that mean? Some of our modern Bibles have actually eliminated this. I found this when I was cross-referencing for this, that some modern translations just take that word out, but it's in the scripture. Selah. What does it mean? Well, most scholars think that it's a musical term. It's a term of direction because the book of Psalms contained hymns and songs and prayers and poetry. And that it was a musical direction giving uh, the audience or even the musicians instruction. You think of it like if you've ever studied for a, a play, you've studied a script, and there's notes in there saying where to move or how to say this. It's a, it's a directional term. And what they have translated that word to mean is simply this, to pause and to praise. Selah, when you read it in the scripture, means to pause and to praise. It's interesting that in Psalm 46, it, recur it occurs several times, that we can be reading scripture and just fly right through it. But that little note is there to remind us that we need to stop, we need to pause, and we need to praise God. Don't just rush through it. Don't just rush through your scripture reading. Don't just rush through your prayers. This year at Christ in Youth, move that we got to take the high schoolers to they introduced us to the Selah devotional app it's something they've been kind of talking about for the last couple of years at CIY and they gave us this great acronym to remember for Selah and if you want to that's a free app if you use your smartphone for devotions or prayer or anything like that just go to your whatever your app store is and it's called the Selah Devos app and it's free and it gives you two weeks of devotions that you can check out. They're really good. But here's the acronym for you. Selah. S. Stop. Slow down. Close your eyes. Quiet your mind. E. Exhale. Slow down your breathing. Focus. 
Release the stress. Look. Look inside. Look around you. How is God speaking to you in your life? How has God been faithful in your past? How is he being faithful today? Ask. Share your needs. Pour out your heart to God. And hear. Listen to him through his word. So I'd like for us to practice this. Just for a few moments here this morning. Stop. Everybody, if you would, close your eyes. Bow your heads. Slow down. Quiet your mind. Exhale. Take a breath. Slow down your breathing. Focus. Release any stress. With your eyes still closed, look inside. How is God leading you? How has God been faithful? Ask. Tell the Lord what's on your heart. And hear. Hear the words of God. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and they will find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, only to kill, and only to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. In just a few moments we were able to do that this morning, how do you feel? What if we took time to pause and to praise every single day? Just for a few moments to connect with the Lord, to let him to speak to us, to quiet all the noise that's going on in our lives. What would it look like if our church really focused on the power of prayer? That is my hope for us moving into this new season is that we are a listening church, that we are a praying church, that we see where God is leading and we take steps by faith. There's a guy by the name of Jim Cimbala. He was the senior minister, he is the senior minister of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York. And he wrote a couple of books about prayer and relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. And the first book is called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. And he tells the story of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church and how they were in decline. They were down to 20 members. And they were dying. And they started a Tuesday prayer meeting that revitalized the church. They came in and just focused on praying together. And they had people coming in and off the streets. Abused people. People that were involved in all types of sin. That were coming in seeking the Lord through the power of prayer. This church now is over 10,000 people. But what's important is not that number. 
What's important is that they are focused on the power of prayer. Listen to what he says in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. He says, if our churches don't pray, and if people don't have an appetite for God, what does it matter who's attending the services? How many are attending the services in our church? How would that impress God? Imagine the angels in heaven saying, oh, look at your pews. We can't believe how beautiful they are. Up here in heaven, we've been talking about them for years. The way you have the steps that come up to the podium and the pulpit, that's just wonderful. If we don't want to experience God's closeness here on earth, why would we want to go to heaven? He is the center of everything there in heaven. If we don't enjoy being in his presence here and now then heaven would not be heaven to us. Why would God send anyone there who doesn't long for him passionately here on earth? I think it's a good question. If we don't want to pray, if we don't want to grow in our relationship with God, if we don't want to surrender our lives over to him, he's not going to be forcing us to do that in heaven. But what if we did? What if we paused and we praised? I want us to be that church. I want each of us to be that focused on hearing God in prayer. We've got to stop talking. We've got to rely more on him. We've got to pause and praise so that we can hear him. Remember what happened to Peter. I'll give you the summary. It said, while Peter was still speaking... God interrupted him. And God spoke and said, listen to my son. The disciples were terrified. But Jesus touched them and said, rise up. Do not be afraid. Then all they could see was Jesus. Today, will you let God interrupt your life? Will you take time to stop trying to direct God and let him direct you? Take time to quiet the noise in your life and listen to him speak. Because I believe that he is. Through his word, through prayer, and through his spirit. What message is he telling you here today? Do you need prayer? Do you need to make a decision for Christ? Do you need to go to someone and repair a broken relationship? Do you need to trust him more financially? Whatever it is, he's got a message for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that you continue to speak through your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we get just simply by listening, by focusing, and by being quiet. May you empower us to do your will. May we find strength in you and not in ourselves. And may you be with any person that has a decision to make for you here today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.